Welcome back to another episode of Meet the Creatives. Today I am joined by the one and only Steve Campbell. Steve, thank you so much for joining me, man. I appreciate you being here. Thanks so much for having me, man. It's, nice to be here. Yeah, it's nice to uh, to finally meet you. We've been internet homies for a long time. I think when I met you, uh, when I e-met you, um, I think it was about a month before you left Vayner. And uh, it was really kind of cool to to watch that. I watched that video that you put up where you kind of were talking about the ascent and then seeing you kind of take that leap and really kind of follow that dream was super cool. And it uh, it reminded me a lot of my own journey because like I had this job and while it wasn't VaynerMedia, I remember that feeling, that really kind of scary feeling of leaving your job and um, right. being unsure of the future. So it was really cool to watch and uh, and I've been following since since day one. So when you're when you're huge, I could say that I was like I was one of your I was there from the beginning. So thanks, man. I appreciate that, and that's the goal. I mean, you yeah. know, I'm not doing this to not go all in on it. So yeah, yeah, definitely. So let's start. I guess we'll go. We'll start from before. Um, you know, working at VaynerMedia, you worked there for six years, seven months. You were one of the original people there, working with Gary and AJ, and. Um, yeah, so what was that like working at Vayner, and um, what did you learn while you were there? Yeah, I mean, I could probably talk for an hour at least on what I've learned in the time that I was there, but um, it was really interesting being one of the early ones in, and I sort of always pride myself on sort of seeing a trend and, and seeing something good and realizing it um, you know, ahead of most people, and, and that was definitely one of the major cases where that was true, and um, I was sort of... You know, I, I was coming out of college at Penn State. Uh, it was 2008. It was right in the middle or right at the beginning of the big recession. Uh, I was primed to enter into like the consulting business. Like, you know, I was applying to places like Deloitte and Accenture. Um, you know, you would go into an interview and then, you know, I'd be in there with 10 other people that had way more experience than me and I just would never hear back from those companies. I know and that so, all too well. <laughs> yeah. And so it was really discouraging, but I decided okay, how am I going to get anything on my resume to get noticed? And that's when social media sort of popped up. And so I got really engulfed in that world and started spending a lot of time on LinkedIn and Twitter and just making connections and doing that kind of thing. And, um, you know, this is 2009, 2010, and you don't have to be in that world for very long before you run into a guy like Gary. And so he was doing his speaking and stuff back then even, but and he happened to mention that he had a small company that he had just started with his brother, AJ. Right. And um, and I immediately got interested in that because he seemed like the kind of guy I wanted to work for, and um, so I sh I shot him an email and I, I shot anyone an email that I could find from the company, and I think it was just like one email address I found from the website, and um, you know they gave me a shot. They gave me a couple months of uh of in of an internship, and it required me to move from Pittsburgh to New York, and. I was more than jazzed to do that. My family really supported me and everything in that. And um, I just worked my ass off for, you know, 60 days. And then at the end of it, AJ um, said that they would love to keep me around. And, and they did. And they, they offered me a job. And, um, you know, then I ended up staying there for six and a half years. And I had the luxury during that time of really seeing it grow up from, I think I was employee like number 10 when they hired me. And now they're closing in on 800. And, um, just seeing the changes and seeing a company scale as fast as it did just brought on a lot of learnings for me. And, um, you know, I got to learn from one of the very best. And so, you know, without getting to spend a ton of time with him because he's so busy and all over the place, like literally all over the world, yeah. uh, you know, 
I still consumed Gary's content even while I was growing up within the company. And, you know, a lot of the things that he put in his books, like Jab, 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 Right Hook and Ask Gary V and all that other stuff, like that was the kind of stuff that we just lived. And so, um, you know, we would have an all hands meeting and whenever he would have an idea like that and we would be the first ones to sort of execute it and, and test it out with our clients. And so got a lot of experience working with a lot of talented people uh, over the six and a half years there. Uh, worked with a lot of really impressive and big brands and celebrities and, and people like that. And it's just, um, it put me in such a place where when I knew that I was ready to leave and go do my own thing. And really that was because I wanted to move out to Colorado with my girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I wasn't scared and I was confident in my abilities because just knowing like what I know and working in that, in that business for as long as I did right. just gave me all the tools necessary to succeed in what I'm doing now. Yeah, that's awesome. I know we were talking before the podcast. Um, another internet friend that I met this week with was uh, James Orsini, who's the chief um, operating officer at, at VaynerMedia. I've also had the opportunity to meet Steve Babcock. Um, spoke briefly with Claude and all them. I'm amazed when I go to VaynerMedia, being that it's such a big company that they're so empathetic and understanding and really like give you the time. And you know, I'm at kind of at a place where in my career I'm. Um, well, I've gotten the chance to work with some great brands and some big brands. I'm very green. And whenever I've gone to Vayner, I've always been amazed at how um, understanding they were and how cool they were. And uh, it's an extraordinary company. So I'm, I'm hoping that they're, that they're going to get sick of my job applications and one day put me on. But we'll see. <laughs> There's a lot of uh, other talented people out there. So, but um, They should, man. They should, man. They, they should give you a chance. <laughs> you heard it here. You heard it right here. <laughs> If you're if you're Instagram stalking me right now or, or LinkedIn stalking me, you heard it here. No, it's cool. Um, awesome, man. So that's very cool. So um, that was then, and this is now. Now you're on to the ascent, which um, I love, man. I think it's so cool. And now you have a huge following. It's uh, thirty thousand followers. Was it on on Medium? Yeah, we we just cracked thirty three k on Medium. Wow, that's amazing. I have like forty seven. <laughs> I have like forty seven. Just forty seven. That's it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So that's cool, man. So, um, what made you, I know that, um, you know, Gary's always kind of talked about this, about kind of like the, um, as things get commoditized, it's more about like emotional intelligence and it's more about, you know, like the, the platforms are going to become easier to use, but you kind of were the, like one of the people who like committed to medium and used mm-hmm. that as a way, as a platform to spread your message. But what was it about medium that, um, allowed you to connect with so many people? Yeah, I mean, I've always just really been into emerging tech. And I even had that role for a very brief period of time at Vayner where I was like the emerging tech guy slash whatever else I was doing. Right. And um, I've just always really been into like the latest apps, the latest platforms, all that kind of stuff, the news around it. I still share a lot of that stuff on Twitter today. Yeah. And um, when Medium first came out, I think it might have been like 2007. Right. It was it was a no brainer for me to sort of just dive in and create an account on there just because, um, I loved that it was connected to Twitter and I was really involved in Twitter at that time. And I had a lot of followers. It's the same founder, and, right? It's Evan's the same founder. Yeah. Yep. 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 So Ev Williams see, founded see, I got it. <laughs> and so, you know, it, it's, it's kind of like what, I, something I learned from Gary, which is like you bet on the jockey, not on the horse. And, yes. and so when I see somebody like Ev Williams who built, you know, uh, a company like Twitter you know, regardless of what the stock price is doing today, it's like it changed how we communicate, right? And so he's trying to do that again through blogging. And and when he first came out with it, it was kind of this interesting medium 
uh, no pun intended, between, you know, all that existed up until that point was really Tumblr. And I wasn't super into that world. I don't know why, but um, I like the idea that they approached Medium from a place where it was meant to be a place to share thoughts that were longer than a tweet would be, but shorter than like a full-fledged publication or blog post would be. And it kind of turned into this place where it's more of a publication-heavy place now anyway. But um, I just really liked that it had a built-in community and the fact that you can get eyeballs on your stories without having to like spend tons and tons of time, you know, on your distribution strategy for like if I started my own blog, like stevecampbell.com. Right. And then, you know, I would get no traffic and I could write for three months and, it could still get no traffic. Right. And so it's like you lose just, it every click kind of thing. It's like, why not just be on the platform amongst the other ideas? Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. it was cool just knowing that I could write a piece. Like I wrote a piece when I hit my five year market Vayner, that was five life, five life lessons through working five years at Vayner media. Mm-hmm. And it blew up on the site. And I think in part because Gary shared it on Twitter, but uh, it was like one of the top five articles on the site that day and I got wow. so much traffic and, and I still get views on it that I get emails from medium that say that my article got like 36 views last week and stuff and it's two years wow. old now. And, and so just the, the fact that people can, you know, you can be an unknown writer and you could go on medium and you can write every day for a hundred days. I feel like I've seen it countless times where people do that. And then by the end of it, they're writing an article that says like, here's how I quintupled my viewership or my followers or all these different things just because they put in effort on the right platform at the right time right kind of like the whole like level playing field thing i think it's so cool because it it almost gives you like uh like no excuse to to not share your message i know like um i got um i was when i left school i was having like a really hard time um not only finding jobs but staying in jobs just kind of going through that phase where i like just wasn't making the cut and i wrote Mm this um this thing called, and I, I think that you published it on um, The Ascent, so thank you. It was yep. uh, Follow the Black Dog, and it was really weird because I had n- never considered myself to be a writer, and then all of a sudden, I I just had this platform where, you know, I could share it, and it could look half decent, and, um, you know, people wrote me, and they were like, hey, I read this thing, and I'm going through the same thing, and that was like, wow. Like, I realized right then and there that it was extraordinary because strangers not only were my friends able to see it but strangers were able to connect with me and that was really cool so so tell me about the ascent i know that it's kind of evolved and recently you've kind of uh created like a mission statement and it's gotten more more focused in and honed in um you you know you're talking the other day on your video blog about um you know making yourself an llc and you're really kind of like heavily leaning into it and pursuing it obviously full time so um for people that are not familiar with the ascent What's the mission? What are you guys trying to accomplish? And um, what are some of the, your favorite pieces that you've written? Yeah, so the ascent has come a long way, even in the five months that I've been out in Denver now. And um, it really started as a personal blog on Medium. And so, like I said, like I signed up for Medium early on back in 2007. I wrote a handful of articles back then. And it, it came to a point where I was always really into the idea of personal branding. And um, and that start that idea started to come back to me because Gary started talking publicly a lot about the whole document versus create thing, and that is the one thing that something clicked in my mind when that happened, and I realized that I need to get back in that game. And yeah. I, I started writing more often, and then Medium rolled out. Um, they always had collections, they called them, but then they allowed the ability to create a publication. Yeah, and so. And so that's what I did. I created one called The Ascent, and that was going to be me documenting my journey 
um, you know, on building influence in, in, in the social media space through various side hustles and through my writing and through things like that. Um, but very quickly, once I started down that route, I realized that there was a lot of that stuff out there from other people on Medium as well. And because I had a publication, I realized that it didn't need to only be about me. And so I started just routinely just reaching out and reading different people's articles and reaching out every single day for, you know, 40, 50 people just to see if they would be willing to add their article to my publication. And um, it just started to grow from there. And that, that's still the strategy that we utilize today. And, you know, you reach out to 40, 50 people, you might hear back from 30, uh, 10 of them might agree to like give you your article, like, and then two of them might become regular writers. And so if right. you replicate, you replicate those efforts over periods of week or weeks or months, you're going to see some real results. Yeah. And that's really at the basis how we grew the ascent to what it is today. And so, yeah, we, when it came time to leave Vayner, you know, I was at maybe the ascent was at maybe 25,000. Right. And, um, we knew that we wanted to start a real business and go into a business for ourselves out here, but we weren't sure really what to start. We just knew that we had this community and it was interesting and now we can try and build a business around it. And so the vision for that has really evolved in the last couple of months a lot. And um, when I, I wrote an initial mission statement involving, you know, we Melissa and I knew that what we wanted to do was really be heavily involved one day in social good and and charity and that kind of thing and highlighting the companies that deal in that business and, and um, you know, the different kind of people that are really making products and services that are trying to change the world. And it's a really lofty goal. And, um, you know, I wrote the mission statement around, we want to build a platform for social good by enabling other people and helping them build platforms for social good. Right. And so really it was kind of the same mentality of, working at Vayner where you're in the client services business and you're trying to work with different companies and entrepreneurs and brands. Um, but we wanted to be really selective about the ones that we're reaching out to and trying to work with. Right. And so what's funny is right after I wrote that mission statement, I had a conversation with my girlfriend, Melissa, and we were talking about how, you know, we didn't really leave the agency that we did in order to just start a new agency. Right. And so that, that's not really the goal of what we want to do. And so did she work at Vayner too, or did she, where did she work? She did work at Vayner, yes. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Yep. And um, so we decided that you know, the social good piece is definitely something that we're always going to be interested in. And we could see this the Ascent having like a, a philanthropy you know, arm somewhere down the line. Right. But we, I, think, I think what we realized in the recent weeks was that that isn't going to happen today. And what we need to do today is leverage our strengths and leverage the things that are re- currently going on in the marketplace in order to build our business to a point where – we can then have those kinds of luxuries of making those decisions down the line. And yeah. so where we're at right now is personal brand consulting. And so um, I actually recently, just within the last couple of days, switched our URL from our Medium publication over to a new website that we launched. And um, so theascent.biz is our... I'll put that right here. <laughs> theascent.biz is our homepage. I'll do a little DRock yeah. and put that right there, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and so the, the website really details you know, our offerings and what we're trying to work with people. And we already have a, a handful of clients right now, um, you know, CEOs and personal brands and, and things like that. But it's really um, doing more of what I was doing on the Vayner talent side at VaynerMedia, um, just not for the you know, elite 1% of people who can afford the whole 25 k a month price tag. Yeah. Um, it's more so geared at the, the everyday entrepreneur, the people that are just starting out, the, the companies – 
who are smaller and can be, really benefit from having a CEO or having a face, uh, you know, with a strong personal brand. And right. so we're offering things like content strategy, community building for, you know, anyone who's interested in building a community like we did on Medium. We want to be able to sh- help them and show them how, because there's something really powerful and strong to. Uh, you know, activating a community of people that are really just in your niche and just delivering them value every day to the point where, you know, they become your core customers. Yeah. And so, and so we switched over the Ascent blog to the Ascent.pub for publication. And, and yeah, we're just going from there and we're really excited about it. So now we're in attack mode and trying to get our first, uh, you know, handful of clients. That's awesome, man. I think that's what's so great about, um, and I've kind of had the same thing with Meet the Creatives. It was like, it started as kind of just like, you know, uh, it started as, I'm just going to interview people, kind of broad, and then it was, I'm going to bridge the gap between entry-level designers and the industry's best, and then it was like, the industry's best is like very lofty, and like, well, I still want to do that, I also want to talk to, like you said, like your average person, um, and or people that are kind of just like, you know, start, starting their own businesses, you know, young in their careers, but some early successes and stuff like that. And I've kind of found that like um, coming, I think that we both kind of come from the world of branding and, you know, design and like having to have a core purpose. And I think mm-hmm. that like with the internet and, you know, being able to to run your own things, run your own blog, run your own website, you could actually be kind of like fluid with it and kind of always be changing and not yep. have it be so black and white. So like while it's, I've definitely, you know, written like proclamations about like this is going to be the way it's going to be. And then I, I will go and contradict that a week later. But I think that's good, though. I think it's good to be kind of just like to go with the flow because, you know, the world is changing so fast. And, you know, some days like I've written things up and like, that's brilliant. That's amazing. And then the next day I'm like, what the fuck was I thinking? Like, that's <laughs> so yeah. It's cool. And yeah. You got to like, like live into whatever it is that you want to do at that moment. You know, you can't just say that's the way it is. And I said that now I live by that. You have to be kind of roll with your own punches, if you will, if that makes any sense. No, absolutely. And with how fast the internet is today and like especially the world that we're in with the branding and marketing world, it's it's equally as fast. I feel like you just shouldn't be afraid of changing your mission statement. And that's yeah. some, that's something that Melissa says all the time. And you know, that's something that we picked up at Vayner. Vayner was always about embracing change and me being really into emerging technologies and that kind of thing, I support that fully. Like I've always been really close to the tech world and so you know, if one day the landscape looks like this and you're like, you know, everyone's blogging on medium or doing what it, what it, whatever they're doing, right. you know, tomorrow, tomorrow could be, you know, podcasting and the next day could be video blogging. And, yeah. and so I always try to stay ahead of the curve. And, you know, right now we're in this space where personal branding is a really interesting space. And there are people that are getting famous on Instagram and building real businesses. And, uh, you know, there are people that, you know, YouTube, since it's been around, has been producing talented people and you know yeah. people that are making tons of money just by putting videos out every day and you know what does that look like for the average business person who hasn't gotten started but the barrier to entry is is this low and so right, today exactly. today today we're in that game and tomorrow we could be in another one but we're not afraid of change and you know I could write a mission statement article and not feel worried about the fact that our mission changes you know a week later yeah. uh, I'll just write another one you know That's cool. so, what what platforms are you um because I know you're really into technology, and, I'm, and uh, as am I, but I think that you are definitely could speak to it more and um, have experience working with it more. Um, I'm really into Anchor. I, while I don't think that it has the kind of 
legs that it needs yet. I think that the platform itself is amazing. Um, I think that the the audience is still coming, and I think it's still a little bit foreign. But I show it to people, and it blows their fucking mind. Um, what platforms are you most excited about? And you know, in terms of getting your message out there, what are some of the platforms that can really amplify your brand? And um, you know, the cost of en- entry is literally like nothing. Yeah, that's a good question. I I'm definitely really into Anchor right now. I feel like they. Um, are doing a lot of things that are interesting when it comes to their product, and it reminds me of early days Snapchat when yeah. you know every every single week you're getting a new update, and it was like killer, and like they were adding like core features every single week, and so I feel like Anchor uh, when it first came out, it was sort of a premature launch. I mm-hmm. think that a lot of people were excited about the possibility of what it presented, but um, you know when you started using it, you realized it was really buggy, and you know it wasn't really delivering on the things that you thought it would, and. Right. You know, since I've been using it, since it relaunched, really, um, you know, it's it's been great, and I feel like that's not, that's a place I want to play more. And I think that audio really has a a place to play in the whole scheme of a personal brand. And yeah, I hope especially so. <laughs> especially like if you're confident and capable of of doing a video, then you could manage audio as well. And yeah. you know, there's just this whole other audience there that you know, might be just commuting and listening in their car every morning or whatever whatever it is. I used to listen to podcasts on the subway in the morning that yep. I would download before I left my apartment in New York. And, um, you know, so, yeah, so I feel like that's a really interesting place. Um, I'm really big right now into learning messenger marketing. So like the whole chatbot craze on, uh, you know, Facebook. And I'm just obsessed with it because I think when executed properly, it can look a lot like early days email marketing, yeah. um, just with higher open rates because people are just more inclined to open a message. And I think there's a way to do it where you can deliver people value on a consistent basis without just overstaying your welcome and just having people delete you because you're just blowing up their phones. Right. Um, so that's that's an area that I'm really looking at right now. Um, when we were at Vayner, we used to present to clients what we would call the accordion, which was really just you know, all, here's all the platforms that you need to be on, but the percentage of time you're going to dedicate and resources you're going to dedicate to each one is going to change, you know, over yeah. time. And so, you know, I, I'm actually really big right now on LinkedIn just from being in my own business now. And, yeah. um, I've been going down, the, I've been going down the growth hacking route a lot and just, you know, reading and learning of a lot of different stuff in that space. And it's just really interesting how undervalued LinkedIn is right now, just because I feel like, especially because they rolled out the video piece of their platform lately. Yes. And, um, I love and that. So, it's huge for me because I have this and like I'm going to put this right on LinkedIn. And it's like mm-hmm. you, know, you, add everyone, you add everyone from the companies you want to work for and then you broadcast your thing right into LinkedIn. So it's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So whenever a platform that has millions of users rolls out a new feature like that, whoever jumps on it first and creates stuff there consistently is going to have a leg up. Like you're going to have a leg up even on yourself if you were to start a month later. Just because, like you said, you know, those kinds of things are better to start earlier than later because they'll snowball over time. And and so if if LinkedIn's rolling out video, you gotta imagine that their algorithm or whatever they have on their back end is favoring it right yes. now. And so, you know, anyone who's pro- producing a video a day on there is probably reaping all the benefits while everyone else is sort of sitting back and trying to figure out what their video strategy is. You just kinda gotta get out there and start creating stuff. Yeah. And, I'm posting you know, like, old stuff from like days gone by. Like I don't even care. <laughs> like just put it up because, like you said, like whatever the new yeah. feature is, that will be on there. So, yeah, like you you mentioned James Orsini uh, at the beginning of this. He when I first met him, actually, one of the first things he said to me was that he loved reading my blog posts on LinkedIn, 
And so while he didn't follow me on any of the other more traditional channels I was posting stuff, probably much more frequently, even Twitter, right. uh, he was a guy that you know valued LinkedIn. And, and so it's really interesting how even if you're not getting the level of engagement that you're getting on one platform versus another, you can still provide and find a new audience there value um, just by being there. And yeah. so, yeah, if you're pay- making podcasts and videos every day and you're posting them on YouTube and Facebook, like go ahead and take all your old ones and post them on LinkedIn every day and, yeah. you know, just see what happens. I think, I That's think document- how I met James was, was because of LinkedIn and it was really? the best conversation ever. I mean, it was like, yeah. it was, it was crazy. Like we had, we had a great talk. It was like, I mentioned before, it was like, it was like 20, 25 minutes, but I was there and I, you know, he gave me, you know, life changing insight. You know, Gary was in like the next room, which was like so crazy. But, you know, like we met on LinkedIn and it's just kind of like, you know, it's really cool to just to share your message. And like I would read his stuff and he would read my stuff. Those meaningful connections that you make are really everything. And I think that LinkedIn is really great for that and undervalued mm-hmm. because of that. Because there's a lot yeah. of fluff and a lot of like bullshit. But for every James or Cini type meeting that you get, I mean, that's worth everything in the world, right? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, if I'm trying to work and build a company around personal branding, there's no better place than LinkedIn for me to seek out people that are CEOs, founders, whatever. And, you know, it would be a great strategy to reach out uh, through there for people just to find for your podcast, even. You know, yeah. like you can just, you can literally run searches based on creative industries and, and creative companies and just start going through the list of people there and just reaching out one by one. And I'd say that you know, 70% of the, the guests on this podcast are from LinkedIn, just to show you. Yeah. So, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, it, so it's a good platform. I think more people should be using it right now. So in terms of like going forward for the ascent and for the future, I know that you obviously have some big plans. And, you know, as we mentioned before, you're definitely, you know, still in the process as everyone is, is like day by day, kind of just like grinding and figuring out and readjusting. Um, but if you, as of today, could say like what you wanted the future of it to be, like the utopia of, of the ascent, what does that look like? Or do you kind of just take it one day at a time and um, kind of follow your intuition? It's definitely a combination of both. I think that we definitely take it one day at a time and we, we know what we're trying to accomplish each day or each week. Um, but one thing that we learned after the first few months of doing this is that it helps to have some semblance of a plan as far as long term. I always tend to keep long term vision, the long term vision in mind. And I think what really helped me recently was I sat down with Melissa and we whiteboarded out, you know, what does this all look like? Like, what does our ecosystem look like at the very end? Right. And and then it's just like, okay, once you have that, how do you get to that point? And so where we're at right now, you know, that's why the first phase of that was like, okay, we need a new website and we need to shift things and we need to start communicating these different things on these different platforms. And so really just looking at my content strategy and like what I'm doing for my own personal brand out up there because now that we've settled on this direction, we sort of, you know, we want to get into a place where we're providing people real value and we're bringing them proven results. And that's going to come from me experimenting on my own personal brand and, you know, the first handful of clients that I'm going to work with. And so the things that I'm bringing to them, I'm not just trying to bring them ideas like messenger marketing just because it's a hot new area or it's sexy or anything like that. that. Yeah. Yeah, like I, I want to bring them those kinds of things because they are those things, but I also want to bring them those things because I've experienced real value there. And so, you know, right now, because we're playing in that area, my next phase now that we launch the website might be integrating our messaging into, uh, you know, Messenger on Facebook. And so, 
you know, trying to capture the leads that way, trying to figure out, like, get all the kinks out of how, what your message needs to look like to really capture a user's attention, that kind of stuff. And so knowing where we want to be heading eventually with, like, the philanthropic arm and with the social good and that kind of stuff, um, right now we're just looking at getting as many personal brands as we can and in a very diverse range of people that we can work with and whoever's willing to work with us, we're willing to help. And, and then, (laughs) yeah. And then, um, you know, building from there, like I think part of documenting your process I've learned is really experimenting and then keeping tabs on everything that happened and then just putting it out there. And so, you know, like I was going to write an article because, uh, I got accepted into mediums partner program recently. Congratulations. I saw that. That's awesome. Thanks. And I only managed to write one article so far for the for the paid program and it netted me like six dollars and twenty five cents or something like that. And I was jazzed about it because that's it's real money just coming from something that I wrote an article on. And yeah. so I I can document that process of I only made this amount of money, but I only did this amount of work. Right. And so now when I replicate that and try and challenge myself to write a post every day for the next month, then I can document the difference in how it how it helped me and so is it based I on kind of, the views too does, it, does that affect it it's based solely on the claps or whatever like how oh, many yeah. claps the article gets now that they have that clap feature which, um, is, which is kind of weird yeah the most you can give an article is 50 and so anyone who's a paying medium member um can dish out however many claps they can in a month but whatever percentage that they gave to each individual like that's the percentage of the cut that they get but who's gonna so, sit there and go like one, two, three, four, five, fifty times? That's so crazy. Well, you can like hold it down. I don't know. It still takes a minute. <laughs> yeah. But I'll do it from now on. You you have fifty claps on every article. I got you, bro. I, I would appreciate that. Let's do it. Uh, I'll do it right but now. But yeah, I mean, it's the same kind of mentality that we have for our business. And so, you know, I want to develop a system where we're working with di- different individuals, we're catering to their specific needs and tailoring programs for them. But the overall learnings that we're getting and pulling out of them, I want to utilize and drive our business forward. And so, you know, I could foresee uh, one day having, you know, dozens or hundreds of clients and, you know, having different freelance employees or whatever that is around the world, like whatever that would look like. I have no ambition to really open a physical office anywhere. But, um, you know, we want to get to a place where we're helping the, we're helping people and then we, we've learned enough and we've documented enough of it that we can then start to hone in and help the kind of people that we most aspire to help and so you know then we can start to build other branches of the company down the line and i i think we've kind of always had that long-term vision in place and now we finally actually have an execution strategy in in place to sort of meet it um i want to talk about um documenting versus creating and i know that you've done this you know you've been really steady and uh, i applaud you for that because i know how hard it is having done it myself I think I did like three episodes and I started getting like all like self-conscious and weird. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, you've done like your, your video episodes. Um, I love the dogs, by the way, the dog sitting thing, like this si- documenting <laughs> the side hustle. I think that's really cool. When, you know, when you're documenting um, these videos and you're kind of like taking these sort of like selfie videos, I know for me, um, it's kind of difficult to edit because I edit my own videos. And I'm, I'm assuming that you do too. Um, how do you get over, like just the other day I had this thing where I posted something, you know, talking like I was on LinkedIn and I had this video from back from like when I was in like Hershey, Pennsylvania, shout out Pennsylvania, go go Penguins, I'm a Rangers fan, but you know, respect. Go Penguins. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but you know, I had this, I found this video 
And it was really cool because it like provided perspective on like my journey and like where I've been so far. And I remember how nervous I was when I went, you know, I went to Pennsylvania. I didn't really know anyone there. Um, and then I wrote this big thing about it on LinkedIn. And then um, I read it like later in the day and I got like really... I was worried that it seemed like it was like I was like patting myself on the back and it's very, you know, for someone who's so young in their career, it seems a little bit ridiculous and I kind of wrestle with the idea of like, is, is this worth it? Like, or am mm -hmm. I make are people watching this and not that I care that they're judging me, but like I work so hard to make these connections and then mm -hmm. I'm worried about, you know, am I like, you know, for lack of a better word, like talking out of my ass and am I, am I going to regret this in the future? But you consistently do them and they're awesome and don't seem to have that problem. How do you get over the fear of, of like putting your ideas in the marketplace? I think getting over that initial fear, one, is in part because at the end of the day, I'm the like editor in chief of my content. And so if I go out and I film myself talking for 10 minutes and then I come back and I watch it and I think that it's complete shit, like I will just toss it to the side and no one ever needs to see that. Yeah. And so the fact that nothing goes out publicly without my approval, I guess, yeah. because it's mine, um, makes me more comfortable with it because I can watch something and I'm just like, okay, I'm okay with everything I said there. I feel like this could be valuable for people and it's entertaining in some parts. And, you know, a lot of times like – once you put out a few of those, you just kind of get over that fear. You kind of just start like keep going with it. Um, just do like and, do a lot of them, and you kind of can like it's like push ups. Like you just kind of get like better and better every day, sort of thing. Well, yeah, I mean it, that's part of it. Like realizing that no one's watching the first handful also makes it easier because you're just like, who's going to see this anyway? You know, somebody might go back later on and see it, but by then I'll be so good at it, it'll just be funny for even me to go back and look at it. And right, yeah, I, yeah. I actually, I've only put out 26 episodes of the vlog, and I've been trying to figure out a system where I can actually just, you know, get out more. And I've been getting better at editing and cutting down on the time of filming, even and doing things in one take and that kind of thing. Um, but it's still a challenge. I mean, when you're trying to work with other clients and, you know, they're paying you and that kind of thing, especially like their time is, is valuable and yours is as well. And so, you know, doing the content side of things is almost like dipping into your own pocket and taking, you know, uh, money away from the table because you're using your time in place of doing other work that could bring in money. But yeah, I, I, rec I recognize, though, that doing this over a long period of time is going to yield those benefits. They're just not going to come right away. And so, you know, you get over the fear just from doing it and being your own editor. But then also you get over the fear by realizing that there's a lot of noise out there and it takes a lot of work to cut through it. And so, you know... I can put out as much as I want, uh, you know, every single day. And if it's not finding anybody, it's because there's too much noise and it's because I'm not good enough or it's because of all these different reasons. Right. And, and that sort of takes the fear away from what I'm actually doing and it puts it on how am I going to reach people. And you start to really think and try to figure out these different platforms. And you, it's amazing how much better you get in a short amount of time. Like, yeah. I, my last episode that I posted the other day, I called out an episode that I had posted like two months or three months earlier. Yeah. And when I went went back to that episode to like cut it up to put it into the new one, I, I watched it and I was like, man, I'm so much better and so much smarter than I was even like three months ago about yeah. this stuff. And and so I think that's the biggest thing I've learned is that since you know Melissa and I went down this path and started really trying to grow and scale a business, because it's on us. Like we, this is our livelihood. Like we we need to succeed or else we can't pay our rent. You know. And yeah. so. 
that's kind of like the fe- where the fear comes from, from entrepreneurship, but it takes the fear off of the actual key creating the content because yeah. I'm creating content about my life or on my experiences. It's going to find the audience that it's meant for. Um, because anyone who's not interested in what I'm talking about is just going to tune me out anyway. And so, yeah. you know, you can kind of put the fear aside when you just realize that you're doing this as much for you as you are for other people. And, um, and you know that there's an audience for everybody out there. Definitely. And I know Steve Babcock just posted something recently on Instagram talking about, you know, like how, you know, everyone has a podcast. Everyone has, has an mm-hmm. Instagram. Everyone has, you know, everyone has everything. And it's like, it, you know, it used to be that like, if you had that, that was like really cool and like you would stand out. But in today's marketplace, that's just table stakes. And it's yep. like, you know, like, great. You have a podcast. So does everybody else. Like, what is your podcast going to do to kind of break through the noise? And I think that's really great insight because I think a lot of people are like, well, I have a podcast. I've like, I've made it. I'm putting my message out there and, like, <laughs> and this is it. And that's, I don't think that's necessarily the case. I think even with, it, even with this podcast, you know, I've interviewed crazy, crazy people and it's like, I'm still, you know, I'm still up against the market. You know what I mean? Like having Seth Godin or, you know, Debbie Millman or, or whoever come into your podcast, while it may be great, you know, there are other podcasts that have them on there. There are, there are other people that you're running against. You know, how clear am I delivering it through my channels? Are people able to reach it? Is it accessible? Mm-hmm. All that stuff kind of factors in. So I thought that was kind of really great insight. But it's kind of yeah. like you're up against yourself and you're especially up against the market. Not only right. like being up against yourself is like part one. Part two is like where do you stand in the marketplace of ideas or whatever, you know? Well, right. And even from you doing this, you know how hard it is to keep consistent with it and deliver something like each and every day, each and every week, right? And yeah. so... When you think about it, like, yes, the barriers to entry are so low that the message, you know, six to 12 months ago was that everybody should be doing this. And now that everybody is, yeah. the, me- the message is you need to really create value consistently because 90% of the other people who started something aren't going to finish it. And yeah. so, you know, you, you got to be the person but that finishes good. it. That's good for guys like us who are willing to yes. stick with it, right? Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, guys like us, we're going to get ours if we just keep doing what we're doing and we keep adapting and, you know, making the shifts where they need to happen and staying ahead of the curve. Right. And, you know, the, there's going to be a lot of people joining this market, but they're going to be starting at the whole, you know, one is greater than zero, like battle. And then, you know, we are, we're going to be at the you know, hopefully in the first few thousands of our viewers at least. Right. And so you know, just having that head start and being consistent with it is kind of all you need a lot of times to separate yourself. Yeah. And I think you kind of get to the, these points where it's like, you know, the other, the other day I had, um, you know, a, thou- a thousand downloads in one week, which I'm sure like in the scheme of things is like, you know, it's not that big, but from where I came from and just seeing that like, okay, like that's, that's a year and a half, almost two years, you know, it's a long game, right? Like what is, what is five years of this sustained effort? I mean, what's that? 20,000, 30,000, you know, it could, yeah. it, could it be a million? Could it, you know, you never know, but it's like, I'm constantly like going up against myself and seeing like, you know, seeing you, what you're doing is really inspiring me. And cause you definitely have a, a stick to itiveness, which is really kind of inspiring. I think that like, I kind of will just kind of rehash some of the things that I've done. You're like making original content. And that's even harder because I'm kind of just taking like people's headshots and doing all this different stuff. So that's awesome. Well, you need to you need to build inefficiencies where you can, and I think repurposing stuff across different flat platforms is is a great way to do that because in today's day and age with these platforms, you can spend all day creating one piece of content, 
and then it could be gone from people's feeds in 30 seconds. So and so, annoying. and so you need to <laughs> find ways to make it stick. And whether that means, you know, I, I'm considering testing out Facebook ads with some of my videos of, you know, do I go back and take like the four or five that I like the best and like put a couple dollars on each of them and then see which one performs the best and then put a lot more money on that. Like there's different strategies out there to sort of make your content work harder for you. Uh, and that was the business we were in at Vayner a lot. You know, we always told clients that, you know, you're getting a lot of excess value by working with us because we're going to not just deliver you and pitch you ideas and then they just go away forever once we execute them. They're going right. to be we're going to pitch you ideas that have the ability to scale up or scale down as far as, you know, you can create one piece of pillar content like a video or a podcast or whatever. Yeah. And then you can take the audio from that and transcribe it and it becomes an article or you can take stills from it and it becomes your Instagram photos. And like, yeah. you know, there's ways of being efficient. And I think that that's, that's one way of being smart with your content. And I, I try to challenge myself to put out original stuff all the time, but I should be really better about, taking the stuff that I've created and repurposing it in other areas because this whole system I have right now of putting out a video episode like once every week or once every other week yeah. is just not, it's not cutting it. I need right. to at least take clips from those and post them every single day in between because you just need to be, the more consistent you can be, the better off you're going to be. Uh, yeah. It'll just take me a lot longer to get where I want to be if I keep going the way I'm going. Yeah. Um, I was actually just at, um, and I think that they'll be happy to know this. I was at Facebook yesterday and um, talking to Francis Smith, who's a designer at the creative shop there. And they were talking about, you know, they, they kind of cite VaynerMedia as, as people that are, you know, that are really know what they're talking about in terms of like algorithms and metrics and, you know, like real, like, they're playing on the field in a way that's like strategic and smart. How do you navigate if you're someone like myself who's just kind of going it alone and doesn't know, doesn't have that expertise about like the algorithms and stuff like that and like knowing when to post and having that expertise? How do you keep your message in the stream of the internet, like on LinkedIn, for example, while not annoying the shit out of people, if that makes any sense? It all depends on how much you value your time, right? Because all of this information is out there. And so you can spend days like consuming all this stuff and becoming a platform strategist and expert in, in these different tactics and all these different things. Right. Or, or you could talk to somebody like me. Yeah. So I think like... I'm signing you know, up if, for the Ascent today. I'm just <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I feel like there's enough information out there, right? That yeah. you can learn whatever you want anywhere. And I taught myself video editing just by watching a few YouTube videos, but mostly just actually starting to edit my videos. And so instead of, I worked, I was still working at Vayner at the time when I started my show. And so I sat alongside people, you know, who film Gary for like his daily V's and that kind of thing. And yeah. so they're like, they're like the best in the business when it comes to videography and video editing. And so I could, and even they've questions. gotten better, which is like really cool to see. I watched them get better, which is like really inspiring because they were the shit and now it's like a whole new level, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it, part of it is utilizing your network. And so while I taught myself video editing, if I didn't want to spend the countless hours that I did like getting good at it, I could have just hit up my friend Stefan Lawrence who works at Vayner. Shout out to Stefan. And he actually just got engaged the other day. Oh, congratulations, and, uh, man. Welcome to the and club. so, you know, he's, he's like an expert and a pro at this stuff. And right. I could just ask him a quick question and he could be like, oh, no, you should do it this way. Or, or like, let me see it. I'll show you how to do it quicker and that kind of thing. And so I think people don't utilize their networks enough. And since I started my own company out here, 
um, that's something that I don't take for granted. Like I know all these great people that I worked with at Vayner and, you know, there's a, a bunch of them that have moved on and since gone on to do other things, different places. And, but those people never stop becoming my friends. And like, we're still connected on LinkedIn and Facebook and all these places and stuff. And so, you know, if, if all it takes is just shooting somebody a quick email and saying, Hey, um, can I have a couple minutes of your time in exchange for a couple minutes of mine and like just trade and collaborate with people? Yeah. That's really the, it's really the quickest way to become an expert on anything. I mean, yeah. you know, they, they say all the time that when you're looking for a co-founder, find somebody who is the exact opposite of, as you. And, yeah. you know, my co-founder is my girlfriend, Melissa, and she happens to be the exact opposite of me as far as our business strengths are concerned. Like she's like the finance arm and the organization and, and like that kind of piece of it. And I am the like social media and tech nerd and like the, the dude who like just lives in this world and just knows the different tactics and strategies. Yeah. And so headphones all day, jamming, like yeah, I got you. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm not going out of, I'm not going out of my way anytime soon to become an expert at finance. And, you know, even when we're something that's beyond her abilities, like we have people that we can reach out to and it's just it's worth taking that 10, 30 minute phone call versus, you know, sometimes just sitting down for like a day and trying to learn something um, because the people who have years of experience are going to be better at it anyway. And so you might as well utilize the people who are pros. Yeah, no, for sure. My friend, uh, Josh Lepley, um, I should shout out to Josh Lepley while we're shouting out our friends here. Um, he has been a huge player in this podcast and, and, and in my career. I started this podcast, had like five episodes. I knew I had similar situation to you. I think this is why we kind of I love your story so much is because like I moved to Montclair. I didn't really know anyone here. He reached out. He lived around the corner. Long story short, two years later, we've been friends um, for a while now. And, you know, he's helped me with my portfolio. He's still helping me with my portfolio. And, you know, we've kind of gone back and forth, you know. And it's funny because like the other night, we, you know, we were talking about it where it's like, you know, we're we're great friends and we, we were here chopping it up every day. Like, why don't I, you know, he's just saying like, why don't I just teach you? You're... Mm -hmm you're clearly willing to learn. You have to take the position of the student and I'm willing to show you everything that I know. And that's so gracious of him to do that. It's like, but I don't know why I didn't do that in the first place. And now I'm thinking like, you know, who else do I know? Who else? I met all these people and then you, mm -hmm. you know, cause you don't want to be like assuming, but I think that if people love what they do. They're going to want to talk about what they do. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I mean, that's just how to get ahead. You just yeah. got to reach out to the people and um, the you people know who know best you. and, yeah. And the thing is, is you can learn and you can teach yourself these things. And I think it's important to realize that anything can be a piece of content too. And so if getting back to the documenting thing, you know, maybe I do want to learn video editing in, in like a professional sense. And I could document that whole journey of article one where I know very little about it. And I've only edited a couple of videos and here's links to them to like, here's my very first like professionally edited video, like, you know, two months later, like yeah. any. The fact that anything that you do can be an experiment and anything that you experiment with can be content, I think is what people lose sight of. And they, they spend too much time trying to come up with like the next killer show idea or concept when really they could just be literally just like writing down the things that they're currently doing or trying to learn or, or getting yeah. good at or, or sucking at or whatever. Like, yeah. and, and all of it's valuable because other people are going to try to do that stuff. Even talking about your failure will provide value to people because I think like, you know, like I had that black dog article. It's like, you know, mm -hmm. you, you think to yourself, like, do I want people to know that I'm not succeeding? And then people write you and then all of a sudden it's like, you're like, 
I'm not alone. This is great. This is cool. Like, uh, you know, there's other people that are doing the same thing. And I think that in, in a, in a world where everyone's kind of curating themselves to be, you know, this perfect person, I think that it's, yeah. it's you could even relate on even if it's even if it's not working out, you could just document how it's not working out. I mean, yeah, don't if you're willing, that, if you're willing to be vulnerable on camera and and in writing and everything else, like that's gonna that's gonna mean a lot to people because yeah, yeah people like you said, like people curate their lives to the point where you know if you're just looking at their Instagram feeds, it looks like that they have like the perfect life. Um, my life is awesome according to my Instagram. I'm in Bermuda. I'm doing all this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, it doesn't hurt to put out something every once in a while that's just a real honest accounting of something that happened to you or something that's on your mind. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Steve Campbell, this has been amazing. Um, I know that you have a couple different links and uh, feel free. This is uh, shameless self-promotion time. So anything that you want to share with uh, the Meet the Creative homies, now would be the time. Yeah, well, thanks for having me. I think uh, I would love for everyone to check out our new website that I worked so hard on for the past week at, at the biz. <laughs> and uh, you know, if you're interested in checking out our blog, you can find the link from there. And um, I would love to hear what you think about it. So just find me at Steve Campbell, Steve underscore Campbell on Twitter if you have any feedback or comments or anything like that for me. Thank you so much. This has been amazing. Dude, anytime you want to come back on the podcast, you got it. Dude, I'll take advantage of that. Anytime you'll have me. Awesome.